welcome in to Bourbon Basketball Nation. Dal and I are in this call. It's 12 a.m. It's late, but we wanted to give this to you guys because you deserve it. That game was fun. Dal, what did you think of it, man? Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a tough, gritty win. I think that the the like heart and resiliency they showed going at this without their arguably best player in Ty Ty uh, was was really encouraging. And just seeing them, I think we've kind of it's just another way that we've seen them win. Now we've kind of seen them have to battle the entire time, like they did at Texas A and M. This one they got up a bunch. I mean, they were up by fifteen, nineteen, something points at at certain points in this game, kind of saw the offense go stale, saw another team battle back, hit some shots, even though we were playing good defense and then had to kind of tough it out at the end. Um, so I think I'm all for, I'd almost at this point, it sounds like counterintuitive, but almost at this point, rather us have some of these games where it gets kind of messy than just kind of cruise doing what we're doing. Like this team knows what it does. Well, the, the fans, at least, I think we should like we know what this team is when it's at its best. So I'd almost rather it kind of struggle a little bit as long as we're continuing to get wins so that we can kind of figure out how we win when certain things don't go our way. Um, so overall, I mean, it's a great win. I think people are going to kind of see it, see that we lost a lead, see that we kind of had to to claw our way and that might reflect poorly on Mississippi state, but Mississippi state had the best, Offense. When you just look at SEC games played, they had the top-rated offense in the league, uh, which I hope should come as no surprise because Iverson Molinar is a bucket. But yeah, I mean it's great, great win overall to a top half of the SEC team that uh, you got in overtime. So big win. I think this is a game that we. I hate saying this, but you needed to see Kentucky close out a close game. This is the third close game in the road. And it went to overtime. I think we needed to go into overtime and get experience there against a good offense. I mean, like you said, this is the best offense in the SEC or one of the best offenses in the SEC. Exceptionally good. They're 22nd in the nation, according to Ken Palm. Shoot 32.8% from deep, but only 23.2% of their points come from three-pointers. So uh, they they really they really want to get the ball inside and they, they kind of like it kind of mirrors Kentucky's offense for the most part where they don't shoot a lot from three but when they do they make them for the most part so it was a fun game to watch because you knew almost exactly what they were going to be doing and that even then they could not stop Oscar Shibway keep him off the glass obviously and I mean we have to credit uh, or not credit but we have to say Talu Smith was not in this game and that that was a huge factor and uh you know, Oscar getting 21 rebounds. So keeping that in mind, I think, I think this was a good game. This is going to be a tournament team. I think, you know, all the announcers were like, eh, you know, like they're really fighting to get into the tournament. They have 13 wins currently. They're going to make it to the tournament. I promise you that. So yeah, yeah it's just, it was, it was a fun game. Um, everyone's complaining. It's like, it's not supposed to be, it was 9, 9 PM on a Tuesday night. It wasn't supposed to be stressful. I'll save that for my last call, but anyone who overlooked this Mississippi State team was severely underestimating them and shouldn't have because they have some great players. They they really do. This is a good team. So I mean they're they're fortieth, thirty-ninth in Ken Palm, which makes them on par with Arkansas, uh, a little bit better than Florida. I mean, that's those are probably two. Arkansas has been a little disappointing this year, I guess, compared to They've turned expectations, it on, but I mean, we'll say Arkansas has turned it on as of late. They're they're right. True. We need to see them to do uh, do it against a better team, especially on the road. But they they are looking better. For, I will say that. Uh, so looking at our schedule, we've talked about how the like our schedule. We we ha- we don't have a ton of big wins, um, according to Ken Palm. And granted, this is not looking at home versus away versus neutral. But this will be the third best team we've beat all season. The only better wins we have are North Carolina and Tennessee. So, I mean, looking at just their efficiencies there, um, yeah, I mean, this team, this is all in all a great win, especially kind of getting it on the road without your arguably best pair. Yeah, that, that, that's what I was just about to say. We did this without Ty Ty Washington, who late in, the, late in the game probably would have had the ball in his hands and Cal just told him to make a play if we're being honest. So 
keep that in mind because this is a good and, and I know Mississippi State didn't have Talu Smith, so they're missing their second best player on the team, arguably. But I mean, we're missing. You can make a case for our best player, or at least our second best player, if not the best player. So there, there's a lot to be said about this game. But I think both teams should, you know, like we should respect both teams and not say that Kentucky was completely better than the other team because it just turns out that Kentucky's defense in the first half was really, really, really good on this team. And, and Mississippi State also missed a lot of shots, and that, that happens especially on the road and especially on the road in the first half. So let's jump into toast and roast. So on the offensive end, what are you toasting on this on this offense tonight? So I am toasting the bounce back. We, we were pretty effective like to start the game, but – this team has struggled to find offense effectively once things have kind of gone bad. And a lot of that is because they end up just kind of pushing uh, and kind of doing a little too much, honestly, kind of getting too aggressive. Usually that falls on the, the shoulders of Severe Wheeler. But this team, I mean, they were – not effective scoring the ball in the last 10 minutes of the game, but we get into overtime. We, after Cal spending like probably half of the time on the the sideline yelling to shoot the ball at various players who were passing up a variety of open shots, we finally decided to shoot the ball. We hit some shots that kind of weren't falling earlier. So my toast is just us sticking to what we no works even though it's not proving out to like to be working staying staying like true to ourselves sticking with what we know are our strengths and that prevailing is hopefully a very like confirming sign for like future games i would i would agree with that it was it was fun seeing them not just totally hang in the towel you know like when things went to crap because they did go to crap you know so um, always encouraging to see that. I'm going to go ahead and toast the offensive rebounding, just the, the collective group. Obviously, we could say, you know, Oscar was amazing. He had seven offensive rebounds. But, I mean, there, that means there was five left because I think they had a total of 12 offensive rebounds, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, there, that means you, five. You know who had, do you know who had two of those? I mean, I have it pulled up, so it's not, like, fair totally. Oh, uh, well, fair. But, but yeah, Dante Allen, Mr. Mississippi State Slayer himself with the, yeah. the putback dunk. He was, I mean, he, we could we could talk like about the whole episode about him. Finally, where, where, where did that come from? It's good to see him do something well for this team. It's been a long time, and and I'd love to see that. In my uh, article on sideline sports, I mentioned that. I mean, he's a three point specialist who's shooting eighteen percent on the season. So. Kind of hard to play him. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me do the math real quick on that. Um, <laughs> math saying that's not good. It's not great. And then on the defensive side of the ball, typically he gets just absolutely exposed. But I don't know who pissed him off. Ben Howard must have said something in his recruiting pitch or something. Something, man. There, there's something going on there. and Because, I mean, he has a vendetta against Mississippi State. And <laughs> I don't know, it makes no sense. But – Offensive rebounding as a as a total, like I think the team did well for the most part. Um, second chance buckets, whatever you want to call them, th- that's how you that's how you win games is is by getting getting your team other opportunities to score. And so uh, you got to do that, and that's how we won the game tonight. Um, what are you going to give for your roast here tonight on the offense? Hmm, roast. You can actually you can actually go first. Let me let me go check something real quick. All right, so I, we got to roast their ability to take care of the basketball. There was 11 turnovers in the first half. They finished with 17, which is not good. So all things considered, and there, there was a couple that were just like just really fluky, really weird miscommunication. Keon Brooks was on the wing, and he goes right instead of left, and Sevier Wheeler just throws it completely out of bounds. Like there's no reason for that. That like that is just basic look where you're passing it to you could look at the player you're passing it to kind of stuff so we got to take better care of the basketball because the i mean mississippi state almost made almost made them uh pay for it tonight they they finished with more steals than we did they finished with seven we had five steals 
they definitely definitely took advantage of some of those steals and scored off turnovers. But we can't, you know, we can't play. You can't win a lot of games if you have 17 turnovers, especially with 11 coming in the first half. Um, you're just not going to win a lot of games like that. So if it's not for Oscar Sheway getting a second chance buckets, it uh, it could be really, really, really ugly. Yeah, he's kind of good at that rebounding thing. He's got it figured out. That's <laughs> what are you roasting right. on this defense? I am – so I feel comfortable doing this because this dude performed really well. He also wore the Grinches tonight, so you automatically just win whenever you're wearing Grinches. <laughs> uh, but Davion Mintz, he didn't necessarily have a terrible game. He – when you look at the box score, though, just made very little impact. Yeah. He played 35 minutes, only had four points, took nine shots, was two of nine from the field, had four assists, two turnovers. I think a lot of it kind of comes where he was charged with running the offense Yep. when Severe went out. So probably a little unfair to put his offensive rating fully on his shoulders because he – was definitely to create, was definitely not playing. He wasn't really looking to create for his own like he normally would. He was looking to set others up. So yeah, I agree with that hundred percent. And but the problem is the lineups he was playing in were not conducive to him really setting other people up either. No, no. So his his offensive rating was sixty two, which was the lowest of anyone in the game. So I'm gonna roast him, but like we said, it's not overly his fault i we talked earlier today uh about severe wheeler kind of getting blamed for when the offense starts to struggle he is the one that shoulders the blame because he's the one that kind of ups the effort and tries to get kentucky out of that and today that was davion mince's job with severe on the bench with some foul trouble so it's like an asterisk that this roast goes with but 62 for an offensive rating uh is not great. Yeah. I, I, I kind of relate it back to 2019-2020 team. So Tyrese Maxey, Mandel Quickly, you know, those guys. Ashton Hagens after that Tennessee game, you know, there was that whole – all the drama. He stayed back with a quote-unquote injury um, and didn't travel with the team to Florida. And so Maxey was charged with running the offense that game. And I think he finished with two points. And – you know, a couple assists or whatever. Like, didn't like his box score impact was very, very, very low. And you're like, how did they win that game with you know, like Emmanuel quickly fouling out with like seven minutes left in the game? Maxi only having two points. Like, how did that happen? And uh, so I kind of think related back to that. It's that Maxi when he was looking to create his own shot, like against uh, Michigan State, against you know Tennessee the first time around, and. You, you name it because he, he could create his own shot. When he's doing that, he's obviously like looking this, you know, like he's going to fill up that box score for, for real. When he's looking to create for others, he takes the back seat as far as the scoring goes, and it still works. And I think you saw that tonight. Mintz was running the offense. It wasn't great, but it was still working. You saw in the first half when Wheeler went out for an extended amount of time with two fouls, the offense still scored after that. Like they still did a good job. It's when Mississippi State adjusted defensively that's when things started, you know, like going awry. So I don't, I don't put the blame totally on Mintz um, as far as the offense goes, but I could talk a little bit about on the defense when we get to his rating because it was not the greatest. So uh, speaking of defense, let's toast this defense here. Um, what do you, what do you have for this toast here? Yeah. So I think that my big one, and I think it's just because I haven't really talked about Oscar Shibway yet, but we played really good defense today holding this Mississippi State team to just 24 points in the first half is incredibly impressive. But I think a huge part of that was that they weren't getting any second-chance opportunities. They ended up with eight offensive rebounds on the on the night. I'd love to see the breakout of how many of those were in the first half versus the second half. But Oscar's ability to lock down any sort of second-chance opportunities that they were getting – was huge in getting those stops because the it's like an old cliche, but like you have to end a defensive a defensive possession with a rebound. And I mean, he had what eleven rebounds in the first in the first half. So it was kind of the like 
icing on the cake, the cap on the on the top of an already pretty solid de- defensive performance that was helped by some missed shots. But that was my that's my toast is the defensive rebounding by the team, but mostly Oscar. I'm checking on the play by play right now on ESPN app to see like count and so far. And there's eight minutes and 25 seconds left in the first half. There's only one offensive rebound for Mississippi state in the first half. So I'm just going to keep um, talking here for a second to make sure I see, I don't miss any, but <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and toast the on ball pressure uh, that Kentucky played with, especially in the first half. Second half, obviously, there's some offensive. So the two, what? Um, there was two total first half offensive rebounds for Mississippi State. So pretty impressive. Anyways, the on-ball pressure, especially in the first half, I mean, holding Iverson Molinar to eight points in the first half was exceptional. They And I said it in my scouting report or game prep, the key to winning this game was staying in front of Iverson Molinar, staying in front of the guards, and making them beat you by shooting threes and like just crazy forced shots, right? So um, that's how people beat Kentucky. That's how Notre Dame beat Kentucky was making them take tough shots and and like staying in front of Severe Wheeler. Um, so it's a similar offense, like we mentioned. They did a great job in the first half. Second half, I don't know what happened, but that on-ball pressure was not as prominent as it was in the first half. Maybe just tired legs. Uh, not not a super deep bench tonight, obviously. So the guards were probably a little bit tired, and that you can contribute that to a little bit. And I think just the offensive adjustment that Mississippi State made. Iverson Molinar went off and ended up scoring thirty on the night, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, thirty, uh, thirty rebounds, thirty three assists, and or thirty points, three assists, three rebounds. So pretty impressive night for Iverson Molinar, right? But eight, you know, like you have to you have to think that twenty two points came in the second half. So something happened there. I think he was just just feeling it. Obviously, in the second half, wanted it, and that he's a great player. So you know, hats off to him. But our uh, our first half offense was was our defense was really 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 good. We made him take tough shots, which you're gonna if you're taking tough shots, you're gonna miss a lot of tough shots too. So gotta toast that. I'm gonna go ahead and go for the roast here. Our off ball screen defense was really bad and. I love our boy Davion Mintz, but you know he was definitely getting cooked in in the off ball screen defense. Like it was like he was almost unplayable uh, at certain points. That doesn't mean he had a terrible, terrible game. I mean he's like his hand was kind of tied behind his back. He had four fouls and played with four fouls for a majority of that second half for the most part. So um, he, I don't want. I I'd rather him be in there for what he can bring on the offensive end than him. Pick, you know, playing really physical and then picking up that fifth foul, and we don't have him at all in, on, in the game. You know, so I give up a couple of off-ball screens with easy buckets if that meant that we kept Davion at Mintz for the offense because even though he might not have contributed in the box score, he still affects the game, and uh, like un, especially in the offensive end where he can make that extra pass and still be good. So, what are you roasting on this defense? Yeah, so just on your point before I get to my roast, the I think one of the things that was the most disappointing was this team is incredibly efficient, like we talked about. Coming into the game, they had the best uh, offensive efficiency in the SEC. But the one player that you cannot go under screens on on this team is Shaquille Moore. He's the only true threat to shoot from outside. And there were two times late in the second half where we went under screens on him and he hit three, he hit like converted and made two of those threes. And it's like the, like that had to have been other than Iverson Molinar. Cause he is clearly like the first, second and third thing you see on, on the scouting report. But the only thing that I feel like would have been on Shaquille Moore scouting report is do not go under screens. And yeah. we did it multiple times. My roast on the defensive side, I mean, honestly, it's kind of hard to like really come up with with something, um, especially something different than kind of the the screening action. I mean, I think that one of the things, and it can be taken with a grain of salt, the foul trouble was was a little bit troubling just because it had such a negative effect on the game as a whole, uh, keeping some of our guys out. Um, Severe Wheeler playing 32 minutes because he was out for a while. Keon only played 30 minutes when this is a game where 
mean, he had an up and down game, kind of, I guess. But this is really that that's Mississippi State is a is a team that brings a physicality that a guy like Keon really can can bring a lot to. Uh, we got to see more Dante Allen than we probably expected. I guess should have expected because he is a Mississippi State killer, mm-hmm. but like he probably should not have logged 18 minutes in this game, and a lot of that be- was because the foul trouble that we got in in the backcourt, and obviously Tyler so, being out, so that that true factor in right. as well. But I think the knowing Cal's always gonna take guys out with two fouls, which drives me insane. Mm-hmm. The the lack of. Uh, adaptation to knowing that the refs were, were being pretty touchy, uh, I think is the, the roast I'm going to have here just because you can't put yourself in a position to get sent to the bench and miss significant amount of time. If you're the lead guard, especially when you have your best player probably out, there are just a lot of factors. So I think that can be my roast, but it's honestly kind of nitpicky. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, there isn't a whole lot. I mean, like I said, like our off screen, off ball screen defense was, was kind of poor, just the awareness in that, in that sense. But overall, like you can't really complain a whole lot when a player gets hot, it's really hard to stop him. And that's what happened. I mean, 22 points in the second half for Iverson Molinar is going to be really hard to stop. And uh, so it might look like defensively you gave up a lot because you did, but I mean, that's like, it's really hard to stop. He's going to be a good NBA player. He's going to be a steal of the draft. And, uh, you know, like some lucky team's going to take him and then to absolutely strike gold with him. So, so let's move on. Swaggy Cal grades. You know, you guys know the drill. We're going to talk through it. Maybe spend like just a sentence or two on each player. So I'll start with Coach Cal. I think, I think he got a 3.7 out of five. And he was just, I mean, all around, like it was his decision late to, and I'm not going to bring up him not calling a timeout because I think you let players cook in there. And Grady was feeling it. We saw it in the in the overtime that he was feeling it. He had to get it going. So I, I like his decision not to call a timeout there. But it was his uh, decision to put Davion Mintz, who had four fouls on Iverson Molinar for a decent portion of the, the last like three, four minutes of the game. That was questionable because Davion Mintz is undersized, so is Wheeler. But, I mean, at least Wheeler didn't have four fouls. You know, like if you needed, if you needed to, you could have given him a foul. So yeah, I, I so I'll go I'll go four, uh, so just a little bit higher than you, just yeah. because he did seem to be pretty adaptable on the other side. He has, I mean, we haven't seen Dante Allen like at all. So him being willing to kind of bite the bullet there and play him eighteen minutes is something that I feel like a lot of fans wouldn't think that he would even have the he wouldn't even ever think to do that, that his like almost that his pride would be too great there to, to not play Allen. Uh, the, I have been a big proponent of playing Bryce Hopkins and uh, Damian Collins, but he played them, well played them together for all of like 30 seconds and then yanked them. This was yeah. not a game where Collins was going to do much. So you have to think like, it was interesting that he good. did play Dante Allen so many minutes, 18 minutes, like you said, because, I mean, Allen, uh, you know, not the best defensive player that we have by, by any means, and this is a really good offense. So <laughs> interesting that he did make that decision, but you, you got pre- a tip of the hat there to him. So Yeah, um, um, leading off with the players, I mean, the MVP of the game, Oscar Shibway, he gets five out of five. Swaggy Cows, he had the first 2020 game since like Mark Price, right? In the 80s. Uh, it's hard to get, have a better game than, than Oscar had. Yeah, yeah. Hands down, agree. Can't, can't dispute any other way. It's five out of five. Yeah, and then kind of keeping it on the, in the front court, Keon Brooks. Uh, I think he probably had like a three and a half. I thought he did some good things. He's pretty efficient on his shots. He did kind of force a couple a couple drives. We were talking earlier, just if he's dribbling more than two or three times, it's probably the ball the ball probably needs to get out of his hands and kind of reset. Yeah. Uh, but he was five for ten from the field, hit two free throws, had twelve points overall. Did I did have three turnovers, but I'll give him a four. I give him a three out of five. Like a lot of people like were calling for him. It's like, uh oh, Brooks, like you 
What are you doing? He could have drew the foul there late instead of waiting and like, he, uh, like shying away from the contact on that shot. But I don't hate it because he's looking to shoot, and you know, you never know with SEC officials; they might not call it. So, uh, didn't hate the shot there at the end that he took. Uh, three out of five, just because I think he. I mean, it was it's hard to do when he didn't have a whole lot of minutes. I mean, how many minutes did he play? Do we know? Uh, I'm pulling he it up. Played thirty minutes. 30 minutes. So, yeah, I mean, like, he sat for 10 minutes. I think in that 30 minutes, not, you know, like... Well, about, like 15, because we played 45 tonight. Yeah, so... Oh, yeah, true. Um, so, in those 30 minutes, I think there's probably about 7 or 8 that Cal didn't want him out there, but because Jacob Toppin went down, he went, you know, like, he had to go out there. So, uh, all things considered, I mean, like, he still finished with double digits and points, so you have to like that. And, uh, I mean, he had 6 rebounds. You can't complain. He had 6 rebounds, 2 of them being offensive rebounds. So, uh, I give a three out of five. Not the best showing, but definitely not the worst. And I, I, I'm excited to see him get out of this little slump that he's in right now. Um, so Ty Ty didn't play, obviously. Uh, sitting there, you could you, they zoomed into him a couple times. You definitely tell he wanted to be out there, but I think they're just saving him for Kansas. And, you know, this team needs to play a couple games without some of their best players to see who can step up. We saw that tonight with Grady. So We, we do that too often in SEC play. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It is annoying. I mean, obviously, we're not going to give Ty Ty rating. So moving on to Wheeler, I gave him a four out of five. I mean, he finished with 15 points. A couple of, you know, questionable shot selection. He had two three-pointers that didn't fall. He was 50% on from field goals. Um, six assists, three three fouls. So not, definitely not like a standout game for Wheeler by any means. But you got to love what he brought as far as his – like I don't think he missed one of those like high off-the-glass left-handed – um, layups that he takes. So that scoop shot he has is just so nice. It's, it is very nice. He's very nice. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll go. I'm good with four. He had actually, he had the highest offensive rating of anyone on the team tonight, which is kind of surprising considering Oscar was, was so efficient, but yeah, 116 offensive rating. He did everything we wanted him to six assists, two turnovers, yeah, you're you're not losing many games if Wheeler has more than ten points and two turnovers. I mean, that's just facts. Yeah, if he goes fifteen and six every game, that's we're sitting pretty. Yeah, exactly. Backcourt, Kellen Grady, got to go. I'm gonna go four and a half, and a lot of that's recency bias, considering that he hit those those two big threes in overtime. He honestly didn't have that great of a of a regular look at regulation. Um, he ended up playing 43 minutes though tonight, which is wild. He only had two two minutes on the on the bench to kind of take a break. Um, and yeah, like you said, hit those hit those two threes. I think I also love to see whenever he is not shooting the ball well and he continues to shoot. Yeah. So him honestly going four for eleven is infinitely better than what he would have gone, which would have been you know, two for nine if he doesn't take those final two threes in yep. the in overtime. There were a couple times where he passed up shots where you could clearly see his head was wasn't all the way right in terms of confidence, but he made him when it counted. Yeah. It's kind of funny that somebody tweeted out it's like Grady only hits the threes that like when we don't need him. And like yeah. as soon as it was like maybe like three minutes later, yeah, you know, somebody tweeted out like or like retweeted a ratio. I think it was Matt Sack retweeted like ratio. <laughs> it's just like it was classic. Yeah, that didn't age well. Yeah, no, I gave I gave Grady a four out of five as well. Uh, I, I thought, I mean, I didn't. I, you said four four point five out of five. I said four to five. I thought you know like if he didn't if he didn't score 8 points in the overtime he would have finished with 10 which i would have given him like a, maybe two and a half or 3 out of 5 so but i mean you got big shots you make big shots that you know you're going to get a, a good rating so i mean aaron harrison would know all too well how that feels so mine's a mine's a four and a half out of 5 with some recency bias baked in there uh next person damian collins i mean honestly incomplete he played like less than a minute Yeah, I like I think more because Bryce Hopkins missed a rebound than Damian Collins, but I think uh, Cal just kind of realized that this wasn't the game for him. So yeah, it's basically a a DNP. So like, I don't want to give him a poor rating because it's not totally his fault. I think at some point in SEC play, Cal's got to bite the bullet and say, "All right, Damian, go play for three minutes, four minutes, and see what you can do." Um, Yeah, that's just 
isn't the game. No, yeah, it, and, but that you know, like Vanderbilt, he needs to absolutely log more more minutes. Uh, if he doesn't, then then we have a serious problem on our hands. So, Agreed. Uh, moving on, uh, Jacob Toppin hated seeing him go down with that ankle twist. It's just like, can we just turn injuries off? But <laughs> please, <laughs> it's just the worst. But I was happy to see him out there at the end of the game. Uh, in overtime, he did log a couple minutes there at the end. So gives me hope for Saturday. But I, tonight, I gave him a three out of five. Uh, like, and that's basically because I mean he spent so much so much time you know in the locker room. But uh, he I mean, he didn't he had three points, two fouls, one turnover, two rebounds, two yeah, actually two rebounds, and that's it. So it didn't play a whole lot. Fifteen minutes, one for two on field goals. He made a three pointer, so that was exciting. I give him a. Uh, a three just for hitting the three pointer, but um, yeah, I just I, I love Jacob Toppin. I think he affects the the game so much more than the box score says. So you know, it, we definitely saw a difference in that offense and defense when he was out. So you hated to see that, but glad that he came back. What are you giving him? Yeah, no, I'm good with three out of five. Uh, that three he hit was pretty. It was and was and in his face. It was too. one of those where he didn't hesitate at all too. And I was like, man, if you're gonna shoot it like that, like. It's not the greatest shot because we have better shooters, but man, if if he's going to be that confident in shooting it, go ahead. Yeah, I wish he could have played more because he was so integral on the defensive end, providing some link to really bother some of the longer wings that Mississippi State had. So I'm going yeah. to get five. Yeah, and then uh, moving on to Bryce Hopkins, I gave him a three and a half out of five. That and that first half, man, that was. He did. Uh, I don't know if they counted that turnover on him or what. Yeah, I guess he did log that turnover. But my goodness, did he have that block to save it? And then he went in and just absolutely destroyed the rim. So that was that was cool to see. I mean, like we said with Collins, kind of like almost incomplete just because of how many minutes he played. I think he he played five minutes. So not a whole lot to see from Bryce Hopkins, but what we did see, you have to wonder like if he can continue to do this, Kentucky's going to be like really loaded. If he can continue to have this kind of production and extended minutes. So what are you giving him? Yeah, I'm going to give him a, I'll give him a two and a half out of five. I, I love the concept of turning the ball over just so that you can immediately run down and get an even more impressive block. If you're going to pad your stats like that, I am all for it. <laughs> I will say but, I thought I thought for sure they were going to call a foul on that, but the fact that it's clean, I was like, "Let's go!" Yeah, yeah that would that would have been such a classic, like frustration yes. foul. But oh yeah, but not. I mean, he didn't really have much of an impact other than other than that. No, uh, the block was that fast break block was pretty sweet. Yeah, that that's what you want to see from him is just glimpse like that because when he puts it all together, him and Collins both, they're going to be a fun duo. They're going to be a fun duo. Absolutely. I just hope they're both here next year and not that, that I have any information that either of them are looking to transfer. But yeah. they're they're two guys that both seem like they're primed to, to take a leap. Yep. Speaking of guys that will take a leap, I don't actually know. That was a bad segue, whatever. Lance Ware is the next one that we have. He played seven minutes. I'll go two and a half. He had two points. He, Four boards and an assist. All right, actually, I'll go. I'll go three for Lance. What about you? Uh, I said three and a half. I'm a Lance Ware stand, so I will never. I don't think give him below like a three. But uh, he played really hard. I mean, those four boards were really hard. He was doing things. I like you could see just the difference is night and day from him last year to him this year. And it has to be that he's going against Oscar Sheway in practice every day. So you really like to see that. As far as Lance, yeah, like three and a half out of five for sure. Yeah. Word. That sounds good. Uh, next guy, Davion Mintz. I feel kind of bad that I'm the one that gets to to lead into him since he was part of my roast. I'm going to give him a two out of five on the court, but a 17 out of five on the shoe game for tonight. Because <laughs> the Grinches, the Grinch Kobe's are one of my favorites. But no, at Two and a half, three on Davion Mintz. I touched on a lot of it, so I'll just kind of get your grade because I don't want to be redundant. Yeah, no, I, I think we I talked about him too. Three out of five for me. I think a lot of the blame can't be put on him because he was, like I said, not looking to initiate the off or not looking to initiate for himself. And 
create offense for himself. He was looking to try and do it for others in a really limited lineup. So um, can't blame him for what he did on the offensive end for the most part. Defensively, he could have done a little bit better, but he's limited defensively. We knew that. You know, we know that all along. So can't really blame him for that either. Uh, Dante Allen, I gave him a 3.75 out of 5. I think he is the Mississippi State killer. He didn't have a great game box score-wise, but you can just see that energy. So um, far from his, like, I think you know, like the last time we gave him a rating was like a 2 out of 5 or whatever. So yeah. he's definitely increased, especially since the report card I released on sideline. So uh, you got to like to see that. Yeah, you got to take credit for that one. Uh, it's obviously that he saw your my article, yeah, yeah, your report card and needed to to pick up the effort. Now he brought a ton of effort. Had that random putback dunk that came out of absolutely nowhere. Uh, came out of nowhere, man. I didn't think he could do that. <laughs> yeah, like where the hell did that come from? Uh, had two two offensive boards, a defensive board. Was one for five from three, man. Also, kind of talking about Grady not being afraid to shoot the ball despite misses. Man, Dante Allen is the king of having absolutely zero conscience. What what grade did you give him again? Uh, I gave him a three and three quarters out of five, so three. Right, yeah, I'll, I'll go. Th- I'll go three and a half. That's fair. Um, the crowd, you uh, you you gave him a four and a half or four out of five, right? They were pretty. Uh, yeah for for a Tuesday for a Tuesday night nine o'clock tip. Against a team that is probably, or not probably, a team that is better than their reputation is. I thought the crowd brought it, uh, especially in that overtime period. I thought that they really kind of carried the the energy. Yeah, um, I'm going to go three and a half out of five. Like I know you said it's because of Tuesday night, 9 p.m. game, but... Uh, I'm also factoring in Twitter into this, and there was just you know not good vibe checks going on on Twitter at least. And as far as the crowd goes, I, it might be just because the size of Rep Arena, but like you listen to some of these smaller arenas that maybe it's like seat like nine or ten thousand versus like the thirty thousand that Rep seats or whatever, and it just doesn't. It just sounds dead. So I would I would be all on board if they wanted to renovate Memorial Coliseum or Memorial Hall and just go ahead and make that a. Uh, you know, like a, a renovated state, like gym for Kentucky to play at home and make Rupp Arena something else. No offense to Rupp, but just like, come on. Like, it's so much better when the crowd is in a smaller in a smaller room. I don't know. It just doesn't get that loud in Rupp Arena anymore, apparently. Yeah, I mean, I think that, I think it does. I think sometimes the, like the, the mics are just in it like a weird spot. Also, shout out to whoever was doing the light thing. After Kellen Grady hit that shot, it meant that they we got the whole he shot the lights out. Yeah. Pun, which is dumb and annoying from the commentators. But that was sick where it like immediately got dark and was blue. That was that was really cool. We need to do more of that. Yeah. Okay, so pour one out for Mississippi State. What are you pouring out for this team? I'm gonna go ahead and steal yours, but dude, Iverson Molinar is legit. He yeah. I mean, he's a, a true NBA player. I think he's probably going to be first team All SEC. At least he should be, in my opinion. Uh, and I don't even know. You said earlier he's going to be the steal of the draft. I don't even know if people are going to be low on him enough for him to really be a steal. He reminds me a lot of Cam Thomas last year from LSU. That's just like can get anywhere he wants to on the floor. Gets enough elevation on his jump shots and at his shots at the basket where it's really hard to contest it. I mean, that dude, after eight points in the first half, had 22 in the second. That's uh, He almost outscored their entire first half score by himself in the second half. So that dude is a certified dude. Yeah, I'm trying to look up where he's projected for the most part in this draft. But I, I think because it's a... It's kind of a weak backcourt draft. Uh, I, mean, I think that he's probably in the 20s, would yeah, be my guess. He's, he's, like the fourth rated, he's the fourth-rated point guard in this in the ranking. So it's Ty Ty Chandler, Davidson, Molinar, Miles. You got to love that the top four guards in this in this draft are SEC guards. I mean, that just shows you how good. Wait, where's uh, where's Alondis Williams on this? On this list, it's only they only show sixteen, and he is not on there currently, bud. Sorry. That's offensive. Yeah, but Alondis Williams is better than Iverson Molinar, but whatever. 
But obviously, Molnar is really good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's. I mean, my I have the same thing. Is like this team never gave up, even without Tolu Smith. Like they could have easily just waved the white flag, but they didn't. And uh, you got to appreciate the fight and grit that they showed. So I'm going to pour one out for them. So Ocean's 11th man, Iverson Molinar is off limits. I I was going to ask this question. We still, it's fine. We'll have time. If you were to take Iverson Molinar and put him on this Kentucky team, who would he start over? Cause I think he would have to start. I think he, he would absolutely have to start. You don't put 30 points up on this defense and not start. So it's tough because there's not really a good answer. So I think that, my kind of thought process here is that I want him replacing someone that can be the kind of prototypical come in and get a bucket six man, which means I'm not really taking severe Wheeler off the court. I'm taking either Ty Ty or Kellen Grady, which seems counterproductive considering that they're probably our two most efficient offensive players, <laughs> which you're obviously replacing them with an incredibly efficient offensive player as well. So in my opinion, if he joined this team and you're not going to pull severe, which I just like, I just don't like the idea of severe being the guy you bring off the bench because he's not really that kind of spark plug scorer. So I think I'm going to bring Iverson Molinar. He's just the glorified six man and kind of takes over Davion Mince's role and gets that role kind of glorified a little bit. But in all honesty, I'm probably benching Ty Ty and letting Ty Ty come off the bench takes the pressure off of him, allows him to kind of come in. Uh, and yeah, I mean, without the pressure. So it feels like dirty to say that, but Ty Ty, I think might be the guy that I moved to the bench. See, I'm going the opposite direction here. I am, and I love Wheeler, but I think I'm going to put Wheeler to come off the bench and on not, I don't want to say platoon because that word is cursed in Kentucky fandom, but you can say it. it <laughs> no, I, no, because it's not a true platoon, but it, it would be like a backcourt platoon. So um, I would say, you know, you, you have Molinar at the one, uh, Ty Ty at the two, Grady at the three. Those are three people that could actually shoot it. And, and also Molinar can, and both Ty Ty and Molinar can drive and, and get the ball in the paint when they need to, to initiate the offense. Obviously, Sevilla Wheeler is the best at that, but Here's my thing is like when like the shooting is going to be there for at least one of those three in a lineup like that to start. And, you know, in the weird scenario that it isn't or when they just need a breather, you have Mince and Wheeler coming off the bench where you can go and start like, okay, if the shooting's not there, then Mince, let's, or not Mince, um, Wheeler, let's just get you to start driving. And, and if there's an open player, dish it. If not, you could do that scoop left-handed layup, right? So, um, so they're like at this point, I think Molinar can do what severe Wheeler does for this offense, but I think he stretches the floor a little better. So then you don't have people like you don't have Ty Ty or Grady getting double teamed on the wing because they, they don't respect Wheeler as a shooter and, you know, rightfully so. So that's where that's, that's my thought process behind it at least. Yeah, no, I, I think this, I think my answer is much more in line with yours. If you're asking like who's closing a game. Yeah. Closing a game with Molinar, Ty Ty, Grady, either Brooks or Toppin, and Shibwe is that's terrifying. At that point, it'd probably be Toppin just because of what he brings defensively versus Brooks. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, e- either way, I think that is just kind of a matchup dependent thing. Uh, but yeah, man, that would be a scary lineup. That'd be fun. That would be fun. So, but we can't I, well, do that. So, Ocean's eleventh yep. man. Who are you taking? <laughs> who are you taking from this team? So this might be slightly like confirmation bias or not confirmation bias, recency bias, but I kind of want to take Garrison Brooks. So I don't know if he's really the best, the second best player on their team. That's probably Shaquille Moore or maybe even Cameron Matthews. Shit. <laughs> this is tough. Cause there, I really think that Matthews Brooks and Shaquille Moore are all guys that you could very much justify taking. I think the, after seeing the on-ball defense that was, or the like pick and roll defense that was a big reason why we were able, we weren't able to pull out a win at Auburn. I think Garrison Brooks is plenty athletic, has also played at a high level both at UNC and now Mississippi State, and I think he brings the athleticism and the kind of rim protection that we could really use alongside Oscar. So uh, I'm gonna go Garrison Brooks. 
That's a good one. I didn't. I try to shy away from taking a big man just because I think of how shallow our guards have been uh, since like the weird injuries that we've had this season. So, but same can be said if you know Oscar Sheway knock on wood and you know were to roll an ankle or something like that. But uh, I either go in like flip a coin between Shaquille Moore, and Cameron Matthews uh, in the game prep that I did. Yeah, I'm going with Shaquille Moore on this one just because that's a good call. He he is probably the better shooter. Uh, he also just, I mean, like he can drive if he needs to, if you like, when I was watching a lot of the film for this, on this team, you see that they really try to get Shaquille Moore going early in the, yep. um, they, they really go to him early and often. And then they kind of, you know, like lean back on Iverson Molinar, which is fair, obviously. So, uh, I'd say he's either, he's definitely the second best guard on this team, if not the second best player, like you say. So, uh, Shaquille Moore with Davion Mintz off the bench um, instead of maybe playing Bryce Hopkins at the the three. You could put Shaquille Moore at the three and Davion Mintz at the two to give Grady and Ty Ty a breather or bring Wheeler out, move Ty Ty to the one. You know, like there's just a lot of options that you have there uh, where the, the offense shouldn't lack in that in that case. So, Oh, yeah, he's definitely – I mean, he's the only real shooter from outside that I – trust on this Mississippi State team. Even yeah. Iverson Molinar from three isn't the most reliable. Not the so most I mean, reliable, but like he gets in that clutch mode and you, you Oh yeah. No, that. I mean I I would still never want him taking the shot. <laughs> yeah, the yeah, game, yeah. But yeah. Uh but no I, I I mean Shaquille Moore I think was the it's probably the other pick. Cameron Matthews is kind of just another would just be another kind of Jacob Toppin clone. So it'd be nice to have his defense uh, and the kind of versatility he brings there, but I think Shaquille Moore was probably is probably the the other guy I would have gone as well, just yeah. from a shooting perspective. Okay, so last call. What are you uh, What are you closing us out with, bud? All right. So this game was overall positive, but I am tired of the Keon Brooks slander. I posted a, a or I sent out a tweet. When he turned the ball over in the first half at one point, and it's like every single time Keon Brooks makes a mistake, it's torches and pitchforks from the majority of the UK fan base. Anything, anything that he does well, it's like, you know, the bird box meme where Sandra Bullock's like looking around and has the blindfold on. Yeah. Like that is anything that he does well. No one wants to comment on it. No okay. one's. No one wants to acknowledge it, but every single time he makes a mistake, you jump all over him. And, man, I mean, he's not our best player. Is he frustrating at times? Yes. Is every player frustrating at times? Also, yes. So we just need to be a little bit lighter on on Keon, in my opinion. And, like, I mean, we saw with his grade, he was one of the higher grades for me today just because, like, I think part of that is just because I want to kind of overcorrect for the the hate that he gets um so that's my main last call oh also also i pulled some stats so let me just throw those out there before tonight he had 10 assists and five turnovers in the sec if you would have asked i mean i was surprised at that number if you would have asked probably anyone like if i before i said that connor how many turnovers would you think that he would have had in sec play uh I don't know if it's kind of tough because now I'm just that numbers in my head, but I, I mean, like he doesn't turn the ball over a whole whole lot, uh, so I, like maybe like twelve. Yeah, I mean, but like the difference between five and twelve, that's that's a big difference. Yeah, and it also is. He went the first five games of SEC play. He only had two turnovers. So the Auburn game where he was going against the number one player in the country or like the number one future number one draft pick in Jabari Smith, he had two turnovers. That was the first time that he had had a negative assist to turnover ratio. Yeah. So the, the hate is just overblown for, uh, for Mr. Brooks. It's and, irrational. There's no reason for it. And I hate it too. I agree with you. Um, yeah. To be fair, he, uh, he outplayed his expectations at Auburn, even though he didn't have like a great, great game. I think, everyone thought that Jabari Smith was just going to cook him offensively and that didn't happen. So you get, you got to love what Brooks brings sometimes. I think just he's got to stick to his role. I said it in the mid season report card, 
when he and you say we, you and I say it all the time. If there's more than two dribbles, then you you shouldn't be doing that. You know what I mean? So, uh, but if he sticks to his role, those elbow jumpers, those second chance buckets that he can get, those rebounds because of his length. I mean, like if he sticks to it, he's a fine player. I think, he, like you said, it's just irrational the hate that he gets. It's crickets every time he does something good for this team. It's, it's kind of annoying. My last call is just never underestimate an SEC opponent. I don't care if you're home or away. Uh, we saw it tonight. Auburn went after their first number one uh, ranking in school history, and they won by one on a weird, you know, like there was just a loose ball, and then Miss Missouri never got it. So um, never underestimate any SEC opponents. And, yeah, I, that's all I have to say. I think any any Kentucky fans that were expecting a blowout, even though it was trending that way for a little bit, uh, had to know that the SEC is better than what it used to be. And we can't just disrespect every opponent unless their name's Tennessee, and then we can just totally disrespect them. <laughs> so. We love Tennessee disrespect. <laughs> so, but yeah, I think I think this is a great game. You need to see them win in overtime. They got to win in overtime. Kellen Grady hit those shots because of his impression of Dick Vitale. You can't convince me any otherwise. Dude, it was, that was like, I mean, Dick Vitale is not the, like, the hardest, the most difficult. But like that was good. It was really good. I thought it was Dick Vitale saying it. That's how good I was. And then I yeah, really- like, I wasn't I wasn't watching like super closely, so I wasn't <laughs> looking at the screen. And when he said that, I was like, did they pipe Dicky V in? What? Yeah, I thought the same thing as you. So it was it was really good. Have to love it. So um, any closing thoughts here before we head out? Oscar Sheba is a beast, man. Yeah. That guy is just Appreciate unreal. him. Can, Kentucky fans. I don't think he's going to be here next year, regardless of what the draft projections say. Yeah, it's, it's tough with him not being able to make NIL. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I wish there was a way we could just like, I don't know. You could do the cameos, but I mean that's that's tough. That's I mean, that's yeah, it's not gonna make nearly as money as that as you would a Gatorade sponsorship. That's for sure. So yeah, yeah. So um, yeah. Well, you can follow me on Twitter, Connor J Caldwell. That's C O N N E R, not O R. Uh, yeah, we hate Weird way for some reason. And uh, I I recently started writing for Sidelines, so if you want to check that out, Sidelines S S N dash kentucky or ssn underscore kentucky on twitter um i know the website's ssn dash sports.com and uh, i'll be trying to put like two three articles out a week i just did a mid-season report card last night and it got the dow seal of approval so dow where can we find you buddy yeah go go read connor's articles and then yell at him on twitter because he will interact with you and it's fine I, I will i absolutely will until <laughs> uh, i get a thousand followers and then at that point i'll be like i'm too dang tired for this but until if i'm under a thousand followers i will interact with you on twitter i promise you fair enough so just don't follow him but bother <laughs> him is what the moral of the story um no you can find me at do underscore well Harmon. um yeah all right well, it was a great great game tonight Got to love what we're going to see. Hopefully we're going to see a good game on Saturday and uh, watch out for my game prep. I'll post that and you can get all the skinny on Kansas because I'll be watching a lot of film this week and man, we're not going to get any foul calls. So I hope the game plan isn't to draw fouls. That's for sure. So (laughs) and have a good Uh, evening. Have a good rest of your day and go cats. Peace.